0: I've got a story I've got a story
1: Chair Reguler de Dinner Tendance LGBT plus de la Television et du monde constant expansion du drag. Bonjour, mon petit poisson. Je m'appelle Le Velvet Snatch. And welcome to season three of Girl. As usual, I'm joined by our resident petit lurt, Stew.
2: I'm assuming that means Thutter. Uh, hello. <laughs>
1: Plus, I'm very excited to say that the planets have aligned at last and we can welcome back to the show two of our regular hosts. It's the distressingly debonair dame herself, Lady D. Bonsoir. (laughs) and here she is back from the cruise ship that they call life and we couldn't be happier that they found out that she didn't have a ticket finally it's the one and the only downtown abbey scott
0: hello nice to
2: be back but that's the best introductions we've had since season one yeah
0: no, i'm well impressed uh you've obviously had your weetabix this morning
2: <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
1: i've had half a cider scott i've had half a skyder and i'm buzzing my tits off <laughs> <laughs> but would we be so excited if it weren't for our sensational special guest that's it by the way that's the only sewing pun i'm gonna make today <laughs> and I don't want to blow my own trumpet. That's a, that's a separate kind of pun. But anyway, but it's our artiste sensationnel and season seven star of BBC's Great British Sewing Bee. It's Raph Dillon. Hello, bonsoir. It's me. Hi. <laughs> Comment ça va? How are you? Ça va très bien, merci. How, how about you? How are you doing? We're doing great. How's the rest of the crew doing? How are you, Scott? Uh, yes, they are doing very
0: well. I'm, I'm really upset because
1: I... I guess I worked, it's going to come up at some point, but I worked
0: on a cruise ship for a while. And the only really? thing I ever learned was, was when I had to sing uh, Comme d'Abitude, or they were swear words from my friends. And unfortunately, I can't I can't say them here. Unfortunately. Oh, but <laughs>
3: that's the basics. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Swear words.
2: It's what we focused <laughs> on in one, school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If that's the level of German. I can remember a few swear words and that's about it.
3: Yeah, I'm the same. German is just
1: swear words now. It all
2: sounds like swear words. It's a very aggressive language. That's it. Everything does
1: sound like a swear word. Like even asking someone if they want a cup of tea is kind of threatening. (laughs) (laughs) So Raph, for the people that might not know... How might
3: we know you? So you might know me from the Great British Sewing Bee, uh, during which, well, on which I appeared this year in
0: 2021. We, uh, we were legitimately addicted. So we had like reality TV got us through lockdown, but we yeah. are like massive fans of the Great British Sewing Bee. So we were wow. like fully obsessed and we were like your fans all the way through, just so you know, in wow. particular David as well.
3: Oh my god, amazing! Um, yeah, no, honestly, to me too. Like uh, the first lockdown, I think it was the first lockdown when I first started series six. And um, initially, I had heard of the show, obviously, but then I saw I saw it on TV because everybody was at home, and I was like, "Oh, it's actually quite good. It's quite fun." And uh, a friend of mine texted me one night saying, "You have to apply for this." And I, I, at that point, I only had started sewing for myself, like sewing a few masks and stuff, and. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure what it took to me, but um, I decided to apply and then suddenly, yeah, had to do a lot of uh, work, like homework and find out what it actually was. But I don't know if you want me to get into the details right now. I don't know. Absolutely. Tell us everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all the times
0: the we've got. Uh, I, I want to know all about Esme and does her voice really sound like that in real life? Because she's got such <laughs> a distinct voice that like whenever she says kuh, it kind of burrows into my brain and I can really feel it.
3: Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. So, oh my God, I don't really know where to start now. Because um, you mentioned Esme, let's start with Esme. Initially, when I, I first watched the show, I thought she would be the very severe one and maybe the one I would get on the least with. And I thought Patrick was the big deal and you need to get on with him. And so, yeah, my biggest surprise was that actually was quite the reverse. I absolutely fell in love with Esme. She's so sweet, so nice, always very supportive, and full of advice, um, and also lots of little stories about various costume stuff and uh, fashion things. I don't know how to describe but Patrick was quite different. <laughs> a bit more business-like, if you want. And I think it's been mentioned on your show before, it's uh, basically because contestants and judges aren't really meant to mingle. <laughs> it was a bit more distant, let's say.
4: And since the show's finished and filming's kind of come to an end, have has have those relationships continued or developed? Or is it kind of like right? See you later. Bye. Bye for now. Maybe if there's a press thing in the future, we'll see you. But otherwise, kind of leave it there.
3: So since the show, no, we've not been in touch, and we've been told not to get in touch. Really, uh, even well before the show was aired, and then after it was aired, it, it was quite a long time. And on social media, they their own persona, if you want. So I'm not even sure if it's even them, being behind their social media. But um, Esme has been quite supportive, as in we've had a few emails here and there. So at the end of the series, we started chatting a bit more so once everything was recorded we had a little 10 minutes little party to say goodbye and be like that was amazing and we exchanged emails and um, she said get in touch when you need some work or I can put you in touch with people that might be interested and stuff like this so we've been in touch and uh, yeah she's been very generous and very very nice actually
1: it's so fascinating because the the format of the show is so addictive it's like I'm really surprised because I you know before we had like uh, James Mack on from Glow Up i hadn't watched glow up and then it's now one of my favorite shows in the entire world because i kind of caught up on all of it being like oh we've got this guest coming on need to watch all of this and it was the same with Sewing Bee, where i've only watched two seasons i haven't watched the whole thing but i basically watched your season because we knew you were coming on and i'm like this is amazing but it makes me feel really guilty for how bad i am at sewing and then you just see all these amazing (laughs) people doing like you know like you've got people like stressing out because they can't do something in seven hours and you're like they got further than i could do (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah it's it's
3: a really wholesome show and i agree with you like so addictive i don't really know so i was starting to explain before i last year in lockdown started to watch season six with my partner keith and uh we were like wow this is amazing like week after week you have to watch the show and same with like bake-off there's something in a format that's very appealing so after watching series six i applied and i was like "Uh uh-oh So I need to do my homework, meaning I do need to look back into the previous series because I had heard of it, but I had actually never watched it because never had the time. And so I started watching it back. And uh, yeah, you just can't stop. It's it's something that you get connected to the people and the challenges are quite stressful. And as soon as I found out that I was going to be on, well, no, actually, when I actually decided to apply to Beyond I remember watching it and it completely changed my viewing I was like oh my god if this is me in this situation I would not be able to do this and I was having palpitation whilst watching the show and I was like what am I doing why am I applying for this I'm never gonna never gonna make it
0: (laughs) however in reality for us watching it seems like you out of all of the contestants were like, as cool as a cucumber for the most part. You didn't really let your stress go as much as others. For example, um, Damien, I I kind of fell in love with Damien. I just wanted <laughs> him to do so well. And every time he said, I'm just going to do it my way, I was like screaming at the TV, being like, no, follow the <laughs> pan." And then when I, when the inevitable happened and everything went a little bit tits up, you could see that he was panicking. Whereas you, on the other hand, seemed to be just like, dead chill so it didn't translate to me as a viewer that you were actually that nervous
3: so yeah it's funny so this um I think, I think once, once I, was, I was there in a room, and well, I mean, I, I don't really know. The very first episode, I was fully stressed because we had met only the night before with all the other contestants. So what they've done, I'm rewinding a bit what they've done, they're putting us all in a hotel all together as a like close contact cohort. And we only were allowed to meet with the other contestants the night before. And up until that point, I was slightly stressed, being like, oh, national TV, okay, let's just have fun with this and I met them all and I was like wow I've got no idea why I'm here I've got no experience in sewing whatsoever or like just very very little and they all had been sewing for like at least six years minimum and uh so yeah that really got me very scared and then the very first episode the first just discovering the room walking in there seeing the presenters in real life and then meeting Joel Set, and it's so very overwhelming and suddenly <laughs> somebody gives you this pattern challenge and you're like what am I doing what is is this and real, it all feels like a dream almost and so I think my brain just got into a mode of this is not real just try and enjoy it and so yeah, yeah. I just went with it.
0: <laughs> so was there anyone in particular that you um when you say you first met them the night before was there anyone you saw in and in, instantly had kind of like you were drawn towards?
3: Yeah I think um I think a couple of people, because I think that first night, we couldn't meet in more than six people still at the time. So they put us in small groups. Was that because of COVID restrictions? uh, Yeah, because of the restrictions, we couldn't meet more than six at a time. And we were so outside, outdoors, two meters apart, or like respectful of what we had to do. I think the very first people I talked to were Loratu, Catherine and Serena. And I instantly loved them three, especially Catherine. She, I think, instantly became my sewing mom, in a way. And to this day, it's still the same feeling. Like, we've got such a great relationship. And um, yeah, so I would say those three were the quickest and closest connections I made. But then you get to meet also all the others. And there's, um, I think we all formed quite a tight net and um, we all got on really well. And still now we're still always in touch. There's like WhatsApp group, three more group, and then the phone is ringing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah when people like left the show did they have to leave the group like was it like you, you know how with uh, RuPaul's Drag Race where they have it where there's yeah. no outside communication allowed and they're not allowed to see anyone that isn't part of the crew yeah. and stuff like that was it like that
3: um, so okay it's going to be quite a big reveal actually because um, <laughs> I've been telling everyone that like took the illusion to not reveal any secrets I've been telling everyone that we were all asked to stand in the end but no yeah we were all eliminated week after week if you want like if you were gone you were gone you go home especially because also restrictions they didn't want to keep you around for, if it's not yeah. necessary
1: David face there lighting up and he was like oh secrets oh you know inside gossip <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, any moment. exclusive,
4: yeah. No, <laughs> so, but it's, I think it again, it, it's interesting how it will have all worked considering it was in the light of the pandemic and all of the different restrictions. And it, it would almost be good to have someone from another series on to compare the experience because it must have been a very, very different experience. You wouldn't have been able to meet yeah. as many other people or engage with it and all of the kind of stuff that around that, but that must yeah. also have felt like when that time was over for you and that was it and it was done and you just kind of went away and, and disappeared into the night effectively that must have been really tough for people as well
3: I think I think yeah because you put yourself through such an unusual thing like it's so intense and you meet people which are on the same level as you and you all love sewing and so when you get told that this is the end for you you know what's coming up because you know you they give you briefs of what's coming up for the following weeks. And so you you have prepped for the following weeks and you want to show your best. But when you're told, this is it, this is your time, you really have that FOMO feeling, I would say. It must have been very tough for most people.
0: Uh, how many weeks uh, in advance did you find out what was happening and did they give you an order or was it a case of they just give you a list and you had to prep for it all?
3: Oh, so the about a month before, or like as soon as they tell you that you're going to be on, they give you two briefs for the first two weeks, and then they give you one week to prep, and then send you two other briefs for the following two weeks. So it's, you roughly have like four to five weeks to prep each brief.
0: Out of all of the the briefs that you, you did, and all of the the challenges and like the, the sewing, which was your favorite?
3: God, okay, I I I really don't know which one to choose. <laughs> It's so like choosing between you kids. Can you? <laughs> um, I think standing out in my like brain right now, I have the Reduce, Reuse Recycle Week, which has the denim dress with a whale on it, which yeah. I really enjoyed making. And uh, yeah, the meaning behind it. And then... The other standout would have to be the Frida Kahlo uh, outfit that I made because I loved the colors and yeah, doing the research for it as well.
0: I loved um, it's got it's a really posh French name for the fabric and it's kind of got holes in it.
3: Yeah, go on. Uh,
0: that was my fave. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the denim dress and the Frida Kahlo, but that one when I saw it. I wanted to wear it. So we were like sat watching it. I was like, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I can that. But that,
0: that was lovely. I can't remember the name of
3: the fabric. Though. So that's the Broadway Anglaise, I believe. Yeah. On week one. Yeah. So there's a few ways to say it. There was quite a joke actually on set because um, obviously I'm French. And when I get a brief, I read it with my English accent. And so I would say... There is a buffet dress that we have to make, and so when we all met, and we're like, "Oh, what, what are you planning for the buffet dress?" I was like, "What's a buffet dress?" And they're like, "How do you say it? Buffet." Oh, that's so cute, buffet. And then, <laughs> I think it was Adam who was saying, "Oh, I thought we would say like buffet, like oh, you buff no. your car."
2: <laughs>
3: so, yeah. Uh, so we're we getting down the buffet. <laughs> <favorite? laughs> um, yeah, but I, I like that yeah. dress as well. Yeah, I thought it was really lovely,
0: and it was just really elegant, and like it, it was. It just seemed, it was lovely. And I really, really enjoyed that one. So, oh, And nice. I also then went on to Instagram and like stalked them week by week and liked them all. So um, <laughs> I
3: did love that one. Great. Great. Um... I have to say, coming up with a concept of that dress, because it was the first one, I wanted to make it very unique and very me. And so it took me the full week to think about it. And then the second brief that we got that week, I completely almost disregarded. And uh, I think it's because I wanted to push everything on week one just in case I was going to be booted off that week. <laughs> Um,
0: I think that like they do quite often say when you're doing reality programs that you can't keep anything until next week because you might not be there. So I think that's the exact kind of mentality to have.
3: Yeah, yeah, I guess when I started, yeah, I just wanted to, I think in my brain, I convinced myself that I was going to go very early when I left home uh, Keith was like okay see you in six weeks I was like yeah yeah, see you in two days (laughs) and uh, when the first episode happened and I I won that first garment of the week I was like whoa okay Uh, not expected and yeah maybe I'm here for longer than I thought.
0: (laughs) Yeah so did it genuinely shock you that you ended up staying there that long because in the end it potentially was the three least experienced as that were there mm,
3: yeah um yeah no honestly personally i really thought i was going to be there for three episodes at the start and then once you pass the first episode you realize oh maybe i can be a bit longer and then when you pass the third or fourth episode you're like mm, maybe i want to go all the way to the semifinal and then week after week your dream like goes bigger and bigger and then by <laughs> the end you're like i just want to win this i can do it
1: (laughs) so there was never a week where you were just like i just want to go home i'm I'm done here you know it's like this is too stressful
3: uh well i guess on the final i just wanted to go (laughs) home. it had been quite a long time no honestly the no yeah every every week after week i just i loved it and um It's just being submerged in this atmosphere of always just thinking about a concept and what you're going to make next and talking about fabrics and colours with other people. And that's literally all what we did, even on days off. And it was just refreshing. And it was almost like, it's so different to what you do in your day life. And yeah, it was just such an incredible experience. Just loved it. Uh,
0: So I got a couple of questions about some of the cast members that you were there with. And so my first one is someone that I was fully obsessed Obsessed with To the point of like distraction where every week he'd come on the television and I just wanted him to feel like a mother. I was like, I just want you to do well because I didn't expect him to be there in the first place. Like he wasn't the kind of person that you um, would equate to being a sewer. So when he yeah. was there, I just wanted him to do well. But what was Damien like in actual life? Was he really that chaotic? Was he a nice person? Because I just wanted to know.
3: Oh my god, I love Damien to bits. He's genuinely the best human. He was there just for the love of sewing. he's started sewing a few years back, just just because he wanted something to do. And I'm not even sure it was just like a hobby. And um, I love that his approach. He just came on and was like, "I'm not going to pretend to do." anything that I'm not and he's just week after week overdone himself in a way and he's the most funny person as well he doesn't take himself seriously at all and I think that infuriated quite a few people watching it because they were like you don't take this seriously. Why are you here? And everything was a joke. And I think that was his way of coping in a way because of the stress and yeah, all of this.
0: I do think as well, though, that my, that's potentially also why people loved him. Because essentially this programme is for people who do it as a hobby and want to showcase how they work. Like If you get stressed by your hobby... It then doesn't it's not really a hobby anymore, is it? like That's so, thing, yeah, so I'm actually really pleased for you to say that he's a nice person. And <laughs> I also need to say that if he picked up one more length of fringe, I was gonna strangle him with it.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the blue glittery fringe <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but like you said, like you said, he's yeah he he did it for the love of it. and
3: like you said, it's a hobby, it's fun.
1: I, I think it was yeah. wonderful because he, he to me he reminded me of my dad where it's this typical sort of like cis male thing where it's like nope throw the instructions out like nope I'll work it out myself kind of thing and then you know the fact that when he's just ignoring the pattern he was given and everyone's just like what are you doing and he's like ah, I know I can yeah. do this and it's st- so strange because he's so good like the stuff he was coming out with was yeah. like really really impressive and you just go if you just did the instructions this would be perfect kind of thing you know, it's, it's all there um, but he doesn't want to do it he wants to have fun I guess you know <laughs> I guess that this well if I can carry
3: on with this there's two things about Damien actually uh one thing that never was shown on tv which is a big shame is that um for weeks he's only used a biro to mark his pattern pieces on a fabric and mark all of his notches and pocket placement and everything which when you start sewing I can understand why you would do it but if you've done it for a few years I think most people would look at you like you're insane why would you use biro <laughs> on fabric? Yeah, so he did. And you can imagine Esme and Patrick's reaction on week one when he did it. But also you can imagine their reaction on week six where he's still doing it. <laughs> and it's, Were they, yeah, they trying it's to give him it.
1: some chalk? Were they trying to sort of leave it on the table for him and be like, maybe you should...
3: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when they do the the, the sharking around, when they come in the room and look at you and trying to be a bit scary. I think Esme would sometimes like drop a chalk on his table and be like, come on, please, <laughs> now it's time. But What's funny is that I think initially they got a bit annoyed, but I think they understood that that's his way, and they they had a good laugh about it as well. <laughs> Oh, I need to
0: uh, what, about that what, uh, When they come round the room Is that the most intimidating part When they're looking at you like this And another question Do you hear Esme's necklaces before you see her?
3: <laughs> That'd be great Actually yeah A warning of the clink 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 There's Esme coming It could be a horror
1: movie um, It could be like all the lights out And all you just hear is the rattle of Esme's <laughs> jewellery
3: coming up Um, yeah so when they come around uh, to be honest I never noticed when they did those shots so it's not not that scary And also they do it like once or twice during the day to make sure they've got enough footage. Um, So I think I tend to ignore them when they were doing this as to do you hear them when they come? I guess you hear the crew around them before they come
1: because
3: <laughs> yeah. there's always about 16 cameras around you at, at all times. So the producers would be like, they're coming around. So you just do your thing and let them be.
1: I mean, we've talked about Esme and Patrick, but um, the the elephant in the room is like, how yeah. how terrible were Joe's jokes in person?
3: Oh my God. I <laughs> said um, <good. laughs> is terrible. As in, <laughs> he's the most amazing comedian. He comes up with the most outlandish jokes. Like, I don't know how to describe them. He just wants you to feel awkward and then don't realize what you're laughing about and then see your reaction and then jump onto this. And because it's from improvisation, I think it's quite natural with this. Where I think that really off-put me for the first... uh, The whole series, actually. Whenever (laughs) it comes to your table and comes up with an idea of a joke, and you're just like, oh, oh, what? I'm going to try and, like, yeah, dance back your joke and then not fully understanding the joke. Uh, Yeah, it was really awkward, but also... Very distracting because, same, there's a whole crew around you of cameras and they're trying to get the the right shot and the right uh, joke and the right timing and you're still trying to saw something in less than seven hours at the same time whilst talking and laughing and trying to be funny as he's being funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was quite something.
1: Because there were bits where, like, you know, it was up against the wire. Like, I don't know if it's all the editing, but basically where it goes, hey, they've only got a couple of minutes left to get this dress sorted. And then Joe would just come yeah. over and be like, hey, let's have a talk on and let's have a joke about something. They're probably sitting there be like, fuck off. And just go away. yeah, yeah.
3: I think the most, the most hilarious is when he comes up like two minutes before the end, be like, how can I help? Can I pick a button for you? Or like, can I hold a needle or anything I can do? And if he offers this, just you have to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> as to what task you give him. <laughs> but he's, yeah, it's always like great fun and good hearted. Honestly, he's actually he's helped me I think on two occasions. One that comes to my to mind was the romper suit for a baby where I completely completely messed up the poppers. I don't think it was edited on the, on the episode but there were six poppers at the bottom of the romper and I put mine inside out twice if not three times and it was like seven minutes before the end so you could see me being stressed in the corner and obviously the cameras as well so as soon as a camera and a producer would see one of us being in distress of course all the cameras <laughs> No. come to you, with all the producers being like, hey Raph, what's going on? Tell us the truth through this. And when you only have seven minutes to fix it, and Joel, I said, coming up to help. <laughs> so, ah, I'm not sure. Can you hold this and
0: not talk? Only <laughs> <laughs> really someone that I thought at times was was trekked quite unfairly, and I think it was a production story, to kind of not necessarily play them off against each other, but to let them both know that one of them potentially is better than the other. And I don't necessarily think it was true for the most part, but I I really felt for Rebecca a lot of the time. I felt like she was always put in, that even though everyone else was in the room, she was yeah. always put in direct competition with Serena. And I don't know whether that was necessarily production or was that just her brain?
3: Yeah, it's a good question because I don't know either. Uh, I don't think it's something I noticed until I watched the series. Because I think in a sewing room, you don't really pay attention to what's happening around you. You just focus on what you're doing. I think from day one, we all knew that Serena and Rebecca would be... Often mistaken for one another, and I think that they knew initially as well. Like we all could see that coming. Basically, there is a bit of competitiveness between the two because maybe they're both young and talented sewists.
0: The dress that she made, the, the green dress with the like the overlay, the lace overlay, the little party dress. Yes. Um, oh yeah. the dress. Yeah, I thought that dress was just stunning. I don't think she won that week, and I think she should have.
3: Uh, controversial.
0: <laughs> yeah i know right
3: <laughs> i think yeah there's actually quite a few dresses where i think we all thought ah oh, she's got it in the bag or so and so have got it in the bag and you sometimes are surprised with the result but obviously the judges see something uh, that we don't see but yeah i think I, I don't think it was a majorly controversial win well apart from maybe mine with a winter dress against damien sorry oh, damien, damien.
0: <laughs> Oh, well, I thought so. Like that was what shocked me about Rebecca's that it wasn't even mentioned as one of like the great dresses. And I, for me, I just thought it was. I thought it should have at least been up there. But mm-hmm. then I and mean, like I was at home
3: thinking, like oh, just just give him a win. Go on, he's tried really <laughs> hard. You know, it was dramatic as well. I think that weekend it was his birthday. So we all thought, oh, surely he's going to get it. But no, they gave it to me.
2: Oh, <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> sorry Damien but facts are facts
1: uh David do you have any questions
4: to be honest I'm just in awe just, I'm just listening I'm just listening to all of the gossip and all of the stories and oh, the only thing that I did you, you did kind of allude to it at the start in terms of the first few that you were introduced to like and I absolutely loved Catherine as well and like she was so gracious when she went but like she strikes me as the kind of person you want as an auntie, uh, you know. Everybody needs that kind of person in their life because she was yeah. so lovely. But I wonder again, is that the edit, or is she actually genuinely that kind of person? Oh, Do you know yeah, I mean?
3: no, it's, it's not the edit at all. She's hundred percent like this, and uh, so so loving and supporting of us all to this day. She still, yeah, checks on us almost every day, sends us like little gifts through post, and yeah, she's very really supportive as well with all of us and what we're doing. Uh, No, honestly, yeah. Like I said, she's my sewing mom. When she left on Frida Kahlo week, I could not talk. Uh, I was just in tears, like, unconsolable. (laughs) And thank God they didn't put it on TV. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when she left, it felt really, really hard. Uh, She was very supportive and such a good shoulder to rely on.
4: The other person I was really intrigued by, and again, wanted her to be in my extended friendship group, was Jean...
3: Oh my God, I knew you were going to say
4: this. Uh, did you? Okay, yeah. No, There was yeah. just something about Jean that I just was really drawn to, just the kind of person that she was. And I just, I, I wanted to like, again, I was like, I need a Jean in my life, like I yeah. need that person. But, yeah. uh, but have you kept in touch with her after the show or kind of how was she?
3: Yeah, yeah, she's stunning. She's same. We got on quite well because she left on week two. Uh, there wasn't much time, but the little time that it was, we really bonded. We're quite similar. We love colours and we're quite quiet and reserved and not really sociable. So meeting 12 other contestants or 11 other contestants at once was really overwhelming for both of us. And then I think we noticed from afar that oh, actually she loves being quiet and she... She noticed that in me as well. So we, we started talking a bit and I think we bonded quite fast and uh we, we kept in touch. We're still communicating and I've dyed a few lengths of fabric for her for various projects. Um And yeah, we were meant to all meet last weekend, but sadly she couldn't join. But I hope to go and meet her soon. Fingers crossed. I think actually
0: you could tell uh, while watching it that actually everyone was very close in it because when people were getting eliminated week by week by week, Everyone was just so supportive of the people that were left. And yeah. you don't often see that very much in reality TV. Do you? Like someone's always a little bit annoyed that they went and they shouldn't have gone. But was that really reflective of what was actually happening?
3: Yeah, completely. I wish it was like any... Gossip there, but there isn't anything nasty about the show. It's all, I think they cast us there not for the competition and not for showing that we're better than anyone else. I think we're all there because we want to outdo ourselves and like in competition against oneself rather than everybody else. And so in the sewing room, we all, all often check on each other and be like, how far are you getting on? Like, how much have you got to do? And can 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 I help you? And so yeah, whenever somebody would leave, it'd be always a shock, and it would be always sad. And so we'd have every night that somebody would be uh, eliminated, we'd have drinks on a terrace and say goodbye. And yeah, sometimes it, it was really hard. And I know it's part of the competition. Well, we don't call it competition. It's part of the of the show. It is it is a genuine feeling that we were all there, and because we were all in the same hotel. 24-7 um the bonds were tight and real yeah mm-hmm.
0: i've I got one more question about a cast member and then um we yeah. move on i just want to know everything uh so fiery so she was she seems so lovely and adina as well like i it yeah. just seemed so sweet and i just was so stressed for them um yeah. were they legitimately always like that late or, or was that just a trick of the camera
3: oh god um no, they're legitimately are always smiling and always positive about everything. Like on the first week, Fari did quite poorly. And she was terrified that, that the judges would say something very bad about what she did. But actually, they didn't. And she was so graceful and so thankful when they gave the comment back and she was like I so appreciate that you never you you don't push us down you try to like say the right things and notice what's good in what I've made rather than noticing what's bad cuz it's the obvious um it's not just them too Adina and Fari are very positive people and very warm and there's nothing that would unfaze them and I don't think I've ever met people like them and they're, they're such good humans. Like, I wish I was more like Edina, who, who always has such a, it's always positive and mm-hmm. all about life experience and making it, seeing life on the bright side, I, I guess. And yeah, and Faris similar, very, very positive all the time.
1: I I just yeah. loved the diversity of the actual yeah. cast. They were from all different backgrounds. Where you know we had like you know a, a lot older people because we've had like guests on from Glow Up, and in Glow Up it's kind of like going the age range is kind of similar. Where it's like this sort of yeah. ten fifteen year period. And this we were like, whoa, we've got you know we've got grannies, we've got people who've just graduated, we've got like you know like cis men who have just taken it up as a hobby. It was wonderful de- and and then all of them had their own experience with different things where they're like oh I've never done this particular pattern or this style before and you can yeah. kind of see that when they were learning it that week and being like oh okay you have never yeah. done this before it was like I don't know I that's not even a question that's just me saying how much I love that
3: <laughs> yeah uh, yeah it's true it's, it's really nice uh that made me think of um during the application process, they ask you what type of sewing you do and have you sewed a few various things. So there's always questions about have you ever sewn swimwear? Have you ever sewn lingerie? Have you ever sewn sportswear? Have you ever sewn ball gowns? So like quite specific questions and specific sewing as well. And I remember thinking, I have never done any of this, (laughs) because everything I've done is five shirts for myself, a few romper suits in the past, which were terribly made, and a jacket. And so I was terrified. But then as soon as you get there and start to know the people, everybody's in the same scenario. Nobody's ever done any swimwear. Nobody ever sewn any underwear or anything like stretchy or technical fabric. It's quite funny. So that... That all put us, although we all from various background and various uh, experience, we all sort of were the same home sewers <laughs> who only saw for themselves.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was going to say did that make you after reading the application like I looked at the Great British Bake Off application form and there was all the different things you had to bake and I was thinking I haven't made that but if I was going to apply I'm now going to go away and practice those things so, that... so did you rush off to make swimwear and lingerie and, and all the other things <laughs> or did you just go no nah, I don't know what I'm doing and I'll turn up and deal with that if I have to <laughs> when I get there so, uh,
3: so I think personally I tried to do as much as I could although I've never done any swimwear or underwear maybe there's a niche there maybe I should go there but what I did is i definitely practice way more because i was like if i'm going after to this i don't want to ridicule myself especially because i work in textiles in in the film industry and so <laughs> i was petrified that people in the industry would be like weird why did you do this if you can't even so so yeah i put lots of pressure on myself to like train up a bit i think some of the people i'm not going to name anyone to just thought i'm just doing it for fun i'm not going to try and do anything else and uh
1: exactly. yeah, yeah i think yeah i was waiting for you to say it. it's like <laughs> i that person that's it's called actually, damien
3: yeah i'm not thinking about yeah it's damien uh, no he wasn't actually <laughs> i think i think that's what the producers were looking for they, they know exactly what they're looking for they don't want people who know how to do things basically if you look like you've done everything before i don't think you've got any chance to be on the show they want people who are fun to watch who can talk and sew at the same time and who have some quirk and who are actually experts because it's about home sewing.
1: Well, the last thing I want to ask about uh, the sewing bee is that, you know, surely I know you work in textiles, but like, did you ever go into the, the workroom and then just see all the material and be like, I'm having that. That That's coming home with me. Like, did did people leave with sort of like, you know, uh, a whole roll sort of wrapped around them under their clothes? Uh, I feel like there's two questions in there.
3: And first of all... <laughs> Yes, lots of us left with things from set. Um, I'm not going to name anyone. I'll volunteer myself. I did did keep a few things. (laughs) I'm sure they were there for us anyways. Um, And uh, the other part of the question about me working in textiles and how I felt about the workroom. They have a very good selection of fabrics. And I do have a very keen eye because of my work. Yeah, what they had, you don't find in a fabric shop. Usually, and they've they've got like good quality silks and velvets and nice like prints, which um, yeah it's it's really nice to see. I miss
1: that. So it seems like from what we know about you that you you seem to have a lot of hobbies. Like, you know, we have it where you do gymnastics, you play trumpet, you know, you've learned how to sew, you work in textiles, mm. you're in movies. Mm. Like, I, I'm assuming that, like, you're in movies because you're already in textiles, or is it something that you'd want to get into?
3: I guess, yeah, I've got lots of hobbies. I think, um, I don't know why. I think growing up, my parents always pushed me to try things, but also stick to them, so... I played the music, I played the trumpet and a few orchestras as a hobby, although I wanted to be a trumpet teacher when I was maybe 16, 18. So I started to like, uh, give private lessons, trumpet and music theory. And I realised quite quite early on that actually I'm a terrible teacher. Um, well, at that age, I had no patience. So I didn't want to carry on with this. And so I turned my eye to something else and happened to be interior design. So I studied interior design and I I think opened my mind to like a creative world, which I always knew about, but I never really fully dig into it and then discovered more. Obviously when you move out from your hometown to a bigger town to study, then you meet new people and especially if you study in a creative field you get almost exposed to various stuff like that open your mind basically and so i think from from then I started to be more curious and I wanted to travel and that's also related to my family and my parents who always said if you want to become your own person you have to move away from your parents by about 100 miles and (laughs) so I did that I moved away from this tiny little city called Cholet to Nantes to then Paris to then Berlin and then to London (laughs) and so I've always had that explorative side and so yeah I guess it translates in my hobbies when I moved to London somehow Coming from Berlin, I had stopped playing music, but um, when I came back to when I came to London first time, I got in touch with a few gay orchestras here, and lucky enough, they were looking for trumpets, so I, I started playing with them, and then I was part of the big band with them, and then the orchestra, the the wind orchestra as well, with which we play with like uh, London Pride often. And we've been on European tours, and yeah, played in various places that are unusual. So I think to go back to the hobby and the explorative part, it's always always been a part of me. And the more you do, the more you want to see, and the more you travel, you, the more you find stuff. You like confront yourself to stuff that you don't know, and I think that excites my brain. And that's how that's why I started gymnastics, and that's why recently I started uh, rollerblading. Because actually, Becca, my model for. The final, who is also a friend, she started rollerblading, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I would love to try that." So yeah, I did this, and yeah, I think hobbies come and go.
1: It's just for fun, and I just love discovering. Oh 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 go. Right, so we've got some wonderful little fan questions that were sent in to us. uh Scott, have you got one? No. I'll go
4: because Scott's looking for his in the chat. My question from Opium, and now Opium has said. Do you prefer to pin or baste layers of fabric together when you're flatlining?
3: Oh, that's a good question, Opium. Thank you very much. And first of all, what is flatlining?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I
0: was hoping you would tell me.
4: (laughs) Well, so I I think I've only just recently started quilting. I've done 20 panels so far. Wow. I'm very slowly getting, well, 20 strips of six, they're yet to be put together into a proper panel. But anyway, we all have to start somewhere. And my understanding is that if I was going to layer the fabric, I could pin the layers together to then sew them through. Or you can get this basting spray which sticks them to then sew it through. So I'm assuming that it's the... Would you rather stick it with the basting spray or would you rather pin it in order to push the material through? Well,
1: it's also with with basting is it's basically doing it very loosely. So basically like uh, sewing it really, really loosely in a way that you can kind of just pull it out.
3: We've got so many questions out of these questions. So to me as well, yeah, basting basting to me is a very loose uh, stitch that you put through two layers or three or more, to mark your seam. Um, if I answer the question pinning or basting, for me, it's none of the above. <laughs> I don't really use pins, sorry. And I don't baste. That's, that's really bad of me. But I think I like to just play around and push everything in a sewing machine as they go I know it's terrible I try I try to line up my notch if I mark them but then yeah can Opian tell us at some point what is flatlining
0: I I just googled it whatever so flatlining simply is the process of cutting your pattern from an underlining support fabric and mounting Brackets attaching it to your fashioned fabric. The double layer is then treated as one piece going forward in the construction. It is a oh. vital part of sewing a Victorian
1: bodice. Great. The more you know. <laughs> Thank her. you very much. <laughs> We've all learned. That. Thank you, Opium, for, for teaching us about sewing.
4: Wow. And had we not asked that question, had we not got that answer to to find out what it was? this conversation would have flatlined as well because none of us knew what we were talking about. So. Yeah. So I
1: feel like maybe
3: I completely mis misreplied.
1: <laughs> it, it, it's amazing, though, Raph, that you don't pin or anything. Like, you know, because what you end up with is so precise and so, like, nice. Like, I wouldn't have anything close to a, like, a straight stitch if I didn't sort of put tons of pins in kind of thing. I, I totally rely on them, whereas it's like... You know, well done. (laughs) Well, so I, I don't know why. Like, I think to
3: me it feels more natural not to. But I understand the need of pinning. Like sometimes, especially for like complex curves, like a neckline, or you've got convex and concave lines that you have to sew together. In that case, or putting a sleeve in, I would definitely use pins. But when it's a straight line, I think I'm just a bit too... I've got a word for this, bish-bash-bosh. <laughs> I just want to make it fast, and yeah. usually it works. If it doesn't work, maybe it's okay to get on with it.
2: <laughs> I have a fun question from Graham. Graham would like to know, what is the worst material I've ever worked with? Mm-hmm. Is it Joe licensed jokes? <laughs> All these <laughs> <questions>.
3: <laughs> Really good. Uh, recently, I have made a boiled wool jacket. And it wasn't, it, it was okay to sew with and it wasn't too misbehaving, but I guess because it's so chunky when you get to inserting things together, like neck again, or under a sleeve or something where you've get four or eight layers of fabrics together, it's quite hard to push it through the machine. And it's quite hard not to break your needle. So I would say that's quite tricky. And then another one that's very tricky, obviously, is a sheer fabric. A very light organza or even a muslin sometimes can be very tricky to sew with.
0: What is a violent wool exactly?
3: Ah, I wish I had a scrap to show you here. I don't think I do. But it's basically a nice wool that's been nicely woven or uh, knitted and is put in a very, very hot bath to the point that it's boiling and what happens is that it all felt and so the the womb is gets very thick and very dense and so yeah that's what it that is it's just very very thick womb.
0: i think after this conversation i would be 100 ready to go on to
4: drag race just, just to sell
0: things
2: <laughs>
0: yes. i feel like i've learned so
4: much in the last hour of it's <laughs> did you mean to say drag race or sewing b
0: no, no, I meant I'm Drag Race because drag race. you oh, only have okay. to saw once in Drag Race. I mean, it had to be a drag queen, which I'm not, but you'd only saw once or twice in Drag Race, I'd imagine, yeah. through a season. I don't think I could handle the absolute stress of sewing every week i mean five years ago i knitted a scarf and i'm still riding on the cocktails of that
3: it's just like me trying to cross stitch it's been going on for five years and i've not finished it it's just so slow (laughs) (laughs) well i am i'm just so slow at this this. (laughs) so when i finished my
0: dissertation my master's is over and done with david bought me a um a crochet set. From yeah. from Aldi, and it's Luna Love Good because Luna is one of my favourite Harry Potter characters ever. Oh
3: yeah, and um,
0: it's so um she's uh, I got to cross stitch her. So I, I've never done crocheting before, so I can imagine when I started, I'm probably going to be replacing the mental breakdown I'm having with my dissertation with the mental <laughs> breakdown of crocheting Luna Love Good.
3: I did some crochet as well at um, Christmas. I think it was last Christmas. Yeah, Keith, my partner, got me a little duck to crochet and Aww. i loved it from the first minute and so i finished it within three days and i think you could see it on the sewing bee at some point it was there in a the corner it was with me as a reminder
4: that keith was around
0: oh <laughs> david i feel bad that i'm not this nice about
4: you <laughs> <laughs> okay it's fine have you have you found your question yes, yes I, I, have. Scott. I have yes so Just i've been moving from... along from
0: Orla and Orla said, what shortcuts did you take to save time? And did it influence your choice so, or
3: path? Ah, right. So, yeah, I took massive shortcuts by not pinning, by not placing my notch. I'm sure lots of people will be shocked because <laughs> <laughs> it's a big no-no. And then the other one would be using a rotary cutter. Sorry, I'll say this again because somehow I sound very posh when I say this. Rotary cutter. And, yeah, this allows you to just speed up things and just go for it.
0: I I saw them getting used uh, and I thought, oh, my God, they look so much fun. But also, I'd imagine if you make a small mistake, you've ruined it. Um,
3: Yeah. So they're very, very sharp little tools, very handy. And yeah, many a times I had to recut the same thing again and again. Or sometimes you just catch the top of your finger. You get like very Ah. nice trim nails or very nice trim (laughs) (laughs)
1: Fingers, <laughs> so did that influence like the materials that you used in the show, or did you just kind of go that's what I want to use uh
3: so do you mean like the the shortcuts
1: yeah, uh no, not really. I think the shortcuts were
3: sort of like on the day I decided to speed up so not to use a few things, um which is terrible, but uh yeah. fabrics that i chose and all the patterns that i chose or drafted myself i did it with a a vision if you want especially for the uh, made to measure the third challenge in the episode i would think a lot about it before and choose the fabrics to fit to my own vision and um yeah on the day when you get to actually cutting and sewing i was like oh okay okay that's interesting That doesn't fit really well in a sewing machine. And yeah, somehow I caught everything in. And at the end, everything is not fully well executed, basically.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I've got another question by drag queen Orla Dis, who's asked, oh. how did you design the whale dress? Um, so when
3: they gave us a brief, I'm, I'm not sure if there's a, like, a straightforward answer to this. I think it was a combination of th- few things. The brief they gave us was obviously reduce, reuse, recycle, and they told us we had to make a dress out of old pairs of denim. To me, it sounded sort of uh, already done. Uh, I thought I thought that challenge had been done before. I, I'm not sure yeah. if it has. I've not checked. So I just thought I wanted to do something a bit different, and so I came up with the concept quite quite fast. I didn't have really much time to think about it because, as I said before, they come in two. You know, the briefs come in pairs. And I think the other brief that week was Frida Kahlo, or the one after, I can't remember. And so I focused a lot of time on the first one. And that one, I was like, oh, it's just pairs of jeans. I'll just cut them in strips, assemble somehow, two simple panels, and that's it. At that point, I thought I wouldn't be there. So the concept was very, very not really thought through. And I was just sort of like, overlooked it. And then when I was still there, and three days before starting shooting it, I was like, okay... This is now in three days and I need to come up with an idea. So lucky enough, as people were eliminated, everybody gave each other their pairs of jeans that they had already planned. And I hadn't planned anything. I, I honestly thought I would I would be gone. So I had no jeans with me. And when Jean left, she somehow somehow had a massive pile of jeans and she said, "Raf, I want you to have some of those. So please come and help yourself. And when I saw the jeans and I saw all the colors of jeans and denims that she had, I just was like, wow, that's, that's perfect. I can make a gradient of blues. And I think the idea came up then. And I was like, oh, that's just going to be about water. Somehow the water waste came in the picture doing the research about denim and realised how much water is needed. And yeah, so I think it was yeah, a combination of th- few things, just the luck that Jean had so many jeans <laughs> mm-hmm. and the research that I did. I think sometimes when you come up with an idea, not having time to think about it too much helps. Okay. So since the show
0: wrapped, obviously you kind of then got thrust back to kind of a relatively normal life. What have you been doing since the show wrapped and since the show
3: aired. So since the show finished recording, I I had one month off because it was still the lockdown going on. And so my industry was sort of still stumbling back into shape. Um, and so I didn't work for about a month, which was great because I could rest a lot and not think about sewing for a full month. And then after this, I went back to work. So... I work in textiles and costumes. I've been doing this for nine years now, and so, as soon as I was needed, I went back to a new project and yeah set up a new workshop uh somewhere west London after that it was Christmas, and I jumped on to another film, which was a Marvel film, which I'm still on now and it's uh it's been my whole life since since then for now, it's like trying to juggle between the two all the opportunities and the full-time job which uh, is quite demanding just because of the nature of shooting on set every day
4: so i was just going to ask um you'd said a little bit earlier you've lived in paris you've lived in berlin you've lived in london is london where you want to stay or do you have longings to to move on again explore more of the world or, or where where has the best place been that you have lived paris berlin london (laughs)
3: uh yeah i love london i i'm i feel home here as soon as i because i came to london very first time i was 11 and it was on a trip with my family and i remember very clearly thinking this is such a cool place and i love it there and i also clearly remember my mom telling my aunt at the time who lived in London, they had a conversation about people being gay and was it cool? Remember, this is like 97. And I think growing up in a small town, I think in the back of my mind, I knew, I assumed that my parents would be like, no, 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 no chance. It would be such a disappointment and all. But I clearly remember walking on all streets with my aunt and my mom and my brothers. And we walked past this community center, but for gay people. And it was just there. And I remember looking and my aunt asking my mom, ah, yeah, what do you think about this? Like this shop just there. And how would you feel if one of your kids came out gay? And my mom just said, well whatever you know i just love my kids and i want them to be happy the way they are and if they're gay they gay, and if they're not they're not it's fine and i think looking back now i really i think i really sealed something in me and it took me another 15 years to tell them but anyways but um it also took me another 20 years to just come here and move here <laughs> and so yeah going back to london it's yeah, I really felt like this was home, and there's so much opportunities, especially in the film industry, and that's
1: where I found myself. I think.
3: Oh, 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 oh,
1: oh, go So it's that time of the episode where we have to move on to one of Thotter Stu's wonderful games. What have you got in store for us this week, Stew?
2: Just a little casual game themed around the guest, you know. Um, you said at the start that there was only gonna be one sewing pun, but that's a terrible, terrible lie. The game is called Is That So? Double on Dungeon. Um,
1: oh no. It,
2: <laughs> so it's just a little game. Um each player is going to be given a statement and they've just got to basically say whether it's true or not. And they're all pretty much based around sewing or materials. Because there's only so many sewing facts that I could think to search for. Um <laughs> this week we've got David or oh Lady D, as he's better known, going up against the lovely Raff, in order to win velvet. What's the prize?
1: You could win a fabulous Stew Peter
2: badge.
1: <laughs> well, actually, you will get a Stew Peter badge, but if you win, you get a lovely gold one, and if you lose, if you do not fully succeed in winning, uh, you will get a but silver like, can you one. Start off? <laughs> I am having a stroke. I didn't realise you could see my hands. Um, <laughs> But I am just modelling the silver. This is the second place girl badge. Very nice.
2: I've got the first place one, but I don't know (gasps) if you can see the colour. Nice. The winner will get the lovely golden badge. The secondary participant (laughs) will get the silver one. Um, So we always start with guest first. So what I want you to do is tell me if it's fact or fiction. Cotton has a lifespan of around 100 years. I would guess false. It is true. According mm. to whichever website I found that fact on,
1: it was <laughs>
2: <awful>. <laughs> that that well-known authorities too. I did che- <laughs> I did check these on a couple of websites to make sure that I wasn't just talking shit. Like I which they do.
3: all copied themselves from yeah, the same website. pretty much. <laughs> uh,
2: David, zippers were invented in 1891.
4: I'm gonna say
1: false.
2: Correct. It was two years later in 1893.
1: I knew that. I knew that. That 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 was a good year (laughs) for zippers. I remember that was. It was a really good year for zippers.
2: Wonderful year for zippers. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Raph. Early needles were actually made of bone and ivory.
3: Yes, that's true.
2: Correct. And this one's archaeological so you know there was actually proof of that one. It's not just a Wikipedia fact.
3: Bonus half a point, that's what I'm hearing. Thank you.
2: <laughs> no, you got full point. <laughs> full point. And a half. I'll give you that. And and a half. No, we can't have one point
4: five. Oh you said you weren't competitive literally two minutes ago. And now it's every everything for a half a point
3: here. <laughs> yeah, but you know I'm French. I think we invented irony.
2: <laughs> mm. uh, okay. <laughs> uh david the phrase the whole nine yards actually relates to needing a large amount of fabric to make a particular fancy coat for a man of fashion true it is true Mm -hmm. can't remember exactly what era it was but it does it relates to a massive ass fancy coat
0: can't remember i don't even know to begin with no
2: can't remember because i did read it i just didn't write it down It's, it's another fact you see These are actual facts for one episode. Uh, Raph, the sewing machine was invented by Thomas Saint in
3: 1791. I'm going to say that's false.
2: It is. It was the year before. (laughs) I knew that. Seems to be a pattern with these years. I should really actually put in some correct answers. People are are catching on. (laughs) David, a poly-cotton blend is usually 65% poly and 35% cotton.
4: I'm going to say...
2: True. Fiction, it's the other way around. Thirty-five percent poly and sixty five cotton.
4: I wow. wouldn't know and because th- I take the biblical approach and you should never wear cloth made of two different fabrics anyway. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
3: Otherwise you have to what do you have to do if you do so? It is sell your land to your neighbour.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same as eating prawns and various other things. So yeah, it's yeah. not, not good. So, yeah. <laughs> so,
3: so you have to give your daughter away to the goats. Something. yes
2: <laughs> yeah
3: well it's a good interesting fact about poly cotton i had no idea mm-hmm. thank you for teaching us
2: yeah, i feel yes, like I this, is, this is here. all this is all a learning curve for everyone uh Raf, the earliest known natural fabric is called flax yeah true correct correct according to the i thought
3: it was a plant but i guess it could be a fabric as well
2: it well yeah it's a na- it's a natural fabric so i guess they've turned it into fabric some yeah Exactly. David, I like the idea. Someone daisy. saw a
1: plant, and they were just like, "I'm going to wear that. That that's going to mm-hmm. be a dress one day." Well, what, but, do, you think? what do you think? Cotton, is? cotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
3: well, linen as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: quite common. And to
0: be fair, silk comes out of a worm's bum.
1: Yeah, someone saw that, and he was like, wearing it,
2: turning that into yeah. a dress.
1: I'm having that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, David, lazy daisy is a common type of stitching pattern. True. True. Oh, easy win what is it oh i don't know I, don't ask <laughs> <laughs> I get an i get a name and that's it i didn't know.
4: i thought it was a drag queen at first it probably that's is a yeah <laughs> lazy probably
2: lazy. is as well um rough drain pipe jeans were a fashion trend mainly in the 70s
3: in the 70s i'm gonna say false
2: correct it was the 60s Oh. And finally, David. In two thousand and six, Sarah Jessica Parker wore a tartan dress to the Met Gala. I
4: don't know what that's got to do with sewing.
2: It's fashiony. Someone sewed it, and I can tell you who as well, because that's part of the answer.
4: Um, but I'm I'm going to say based on the theme of the years that that is false, and it was a different year.
2: No, it was actually two thousand and six. It was. Oh. An, it was an Alexander McQueen.
1: Ah.
2: The, the trick in that oh. was the fact that Sarah Jessica Parker wore a tartan dress, to be honest. You wouldn't, wouldn't expect it. How's the scores on the doors, Velvet?
1: Well, after that, we have it where, depending on how you rule, uh, Raph has four or four and a half points, and David has three. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Raph, you've won. I win. That's the first time I ever win anything. <laughs>
2: If anyone's interested, there was a tiebreaker, and I feel like it's quite fun because it's a it's a little bit camp. Um,
3: what?
2: How many pounds of meat we used for Lady Gaga's meat dress?
3: Oh, I don't know pounds. Can we do kilos?
2: Not in my mathematics. <laughs> Get on oh, Google. Damn. Get weight weight conversion. I can convert it. Okay, I'll convert it. 50, 53 pounds. Hang on. Okay, you're going 53 pounds. David's going 53 Uh, pounds.
1: I'm gonna go for 40. That's just a random guess. I
2: was gonna go for about 87. How many kilos would you like to guess, Raf? And I'll I'll convert it. I'm
3: gonna, uh, I'm gonna guess 17 kilos.
2: That would be 37 ish pounds Um, David's the closest. It's £50. Pounds of oh, my God. Ah. For the
4: rest.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Quite qu- it... It's a shame that wasn't one of the actual questions. Otherwise, oh, and
4: also, if I'd had Raf's first question, I would have have answered differently. Yeah, would've... this is what you mm-hmm. say every
2: time. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's I, if
4: if I actually think we should give that as a half-point option in the future, is if you get it wrong, although you need to take somebody's answer to say would you agree or disagree with their answer, this is could...
2: too complicated.
4: But, what that... we're going to do is, we're
0: just going to accept that you lost.
2: <laughs> Take the <laughs> silver badge. If you find some gold paint, you can pretend you won. Paint it
4: we have gold paint.
2: There you go. We do I, have gold paint. You... So it's I love the idea, paint, David, it really but has.
1: it would require me learning to count above five, and I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> and and dealing
2: with point fives exactly. <laughs> But, yeah, well, yeah, congratulations, I mean... Ruff. You have finally won something oh, well, that's well
3: amazing. If I may, I'm gonna thank my producer and <laughs> my my agent and maybe Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: But <laughs> mm. Yeah, that, that was that was that was really fun. I like that. Um
4: <laughs> that was a bit of a like Michelle Pfeiffer name drop. Leave it there. Do nothing can be set up nope. at that
1: point. Hanging. Nope. Yeah,
2: that's it end with Michelle
1: Pfeiffer. Oh, oh, oh,
3: oh, 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 oh.
2: So, now that we've got that out the way, shall we have a chat about drag race because it's been brought up a couple of times on the podcast this mm. evening, but we didn't really go into it.
3: I guess if we must. Yeah, let's go on. Yeah,
2: yeah. Come, on, come on. I think the obvious hot topic is UK season
3: three. Mm.
2: How does everyone feel about the cast? <laughs> well, uh, I know who I'm rooting for. Michelle Basage.
3: You know some of them
2: personally. You
3: do know uh, some of them personally.
2: We know one of them very personally. She's, <laughs> she's that... been on. She's been on the podcast. We've gotten drunk with her many times. Uh, she is Theresa May.
3: I love her uh, name. She's so good. It she is, is a wonderful good. Spanish
4: sausage. And and I'm gutted that her um, patchphrase wasn't, my pussy is like a peach. It is the BBC.
1: Like, mm. Can you imagine I... that, that? That being on the BBC? Like... Is this- Mrs. Slocum got away with it
4: for however many years, so I don't see why <laughs> Theresa May couldn't. You know. Well, most Mrs. most Slocum was
0: actually talking about about a cat, mm. whereas Theresa's talking about a pussy.
1: No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> most drag race queens, uh, though, they release music after the show, so I feel like we're finally going to get the "My Pussy Is Like a Peach" remix that we all deserve. Oh, okay, okay, so hang on. I, got... Oh, she can sing.
0: Oh, uh, nice. I've got a, like I saw about last year, that was Christmas Eve of I think 2020. I woke up in the morning and I'd had a dream about Teresa. And so I texted, I, I messaged her on Facebook uh, saying, I had a dream about you last night. Um, and when you uh, win Drag Race, you have to do a song that it's about you telling everyone, talking about all the expensive things everyone else owns and comparing them to very stupid things that you want. Mm -hmm. And it was called like TN's I Have or whatever. And she was walking around going, you have a Maserati, I have a teacup, that kind of stuff. And it's a really stupid dream. And so I text (laughs) her to tell her that. And then, um, but this was before any of the rumours started. So, Mm -hmm. and she'd already recorded, but I think... That I psychically guess uh, that she was on Drag Race before.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's going to sing about Maserati yeah. and Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, so yes. she's clearly your favourite to win. Yeah, I
2: yeah. mean, you can't not root for one of your best friends, can't you? <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, do no, you see, can't. I don't know. I'm I'm best in a position friend.
1: where we'd never hear the end of it if she won. So it's that. <laughs> I'd, great, welcome. But... I'd welcome. I'd welcome. Bragging for ev- ever in a day. She can she can
2: send me one of her infamous voice notes every morning saying, "By the way, I won." I would not be mad.
4: Not be all, mad all. All I'm excited for is the wigs, which we know that's been a regular feature of my listening yes! to the podcast. is Teresa's wigs, but I cannot wait to see what wigs she is going to have uh, mm. that she's going to like. Because I mean, we've seen a lot of what Teresa does up here now, and we've seen lots of things that she's been in. And I'm like, I can't wait. For the wig reveals you know that that's that's it for me that's what i'm waiting for i know that's uh, nobody else everyone else will be like she's wearing a wig great move on like i don't care i can't but...
3: wait to watch because uh I've, I've actually never heard of her sorry but yeah, I've, I've been like looking on instagram and yeah it's it looks amazing and very promising and she's i think in my top three top four if, if anyone had a top three and i've got one
2: <laughs> what's what's your top three
3: so yeah okay I think I said top three very loosely because it's actually top five. But um, Mm
2: -hmm.
3: obviously, Joyce May, And I quite liked... Well, last year, loved her, very Veronica Green. I was so sad that she had to leave. So, can't wait to see what she comes up with this year. And then... I quite like Charity Case, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. She looks very quirky. I like how sometimes she can look like shower needles and sometimes like a creature from somewhere else. And yeah. I think she's got quite a she's she's quite established and quite known already. And
2: she's yeah. um she's Raj's drug daughter. Yes. Oh my
3: god. Wow.
2: Charity, I know, I know Charity. I've met Charity in person. We've been talking for years. Charity is one of the daftest, most lovely people you'll ever meet. Maybe. She'll be dressed like the spookiest, scariest creature, and she'll run over to you as if she looks like she's going to kill you, and she'll just cuddle you and be dead lovely, and she's so charming, and she's got time for everyone. I, I'm obviously... It's it's a struggle because I love Teresa, but I'm also mm-hmm. very torn because I love charity.
3: If she's um, Raja's daughter as well, I guess she has high standards. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Raja being winner of series three, right? May- maybe yeah. winning um, runs in yeah. the family. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd
2: be cool. I mean, if they can double crown, you know, Teresa and Charity, I ain't gonna be mad.
3: I have to say, yeah, I'm gonna watch it because uh, series two was, was so good.
2: I think I think yeah. it's gone down from all of the like. Top drag race seasons and stuff that everyone's posting. UK season two just kind of seems to go straight at the top five for almost everyone. And wow! I can't, I can't disagree with it though. It was just you know season was, one. Was, yeah. Season one was good, but season two, it's like right, they've got the formula, they've established the UK version, mm. and then you put Bimini in it.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. Obsessed. I wonder how it's going to go with um Series 3 because um, there's a potential to go away from the US version. I hope there's going to be more, like, you know, when they did that episode where they pretended to be in Coronation Street or EastEnders? <laughs> EastEnders. Oh, my God. That was so good.
2: <laughs> and then you've got Tess, who's literally a model, being that character yeah like, it, it's good because when when you look at the cast even though there are some that would be considered looking more like a pageant type or a beauty element mm. you listen to the meet the queens and you're like okay they're already a little bit funny so when you get them doing acting charges and stuff you know that it's actually going to be quite hilarious mm. like el of day absolutely gorgeous out of drag too very very good looking but doesn't list themselves as being necessarily a beauty queen they're all about the acting and the singing and the dancing yeah. so it's great to have that because you want you want an all-rounder you know an all rounder is the one who's gonna get further aren't they
3: and i'd be a bit dumb and ask for you know Ella of day ah i just got it
2: <laughs> hell of a yeah. day
3: <laughs> oh my god like i've seen her name and in my head i've, I've been saying like Ella of day love a day Love a day. What does that mean?
0: Have you it... thought of
2: tea? It's a coffee hell of a day.
0: <laughs> I mean to be fair to be fair, uh, to you Raph, uh, there's a queen up here called Tess Tickle. And it took me, and this is no joke, about six to eight months to put together that a name meant testicle and i don't uh, know how i miss that to this day and to be fair it took me a very long time for lucifer as well didn't realize it was meant to be lucifer really yeah <laughs> also we do need to ask the one last thing is uh where can all of our listeners find you on social media
3: oh my god you can find me on instagram my handle is raf so and so but there's a space between raf so and so there's a pan.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Stu, do you have anything that you'd like to promote?
2: Just keep following Girl Global, like us, share us, tweet us. We're on the Instagrams, the Facebooks and the Twitters. Um, Yeah, just send send in any questions you have for any future guests. Show the love to the guests. Follow them all. Follow our lovely hosts, all of them, both the regular and the special guests. Um, Yeah, and be gay, do crime.
0: Okay, so I feel like I just need to plug something because I don't get to do it very often. Don't do um, this. Don't, don't,
2: but, don't for do
0: For those, those who don't know, about four months ago, I was part of the team that won the Greg's
3: Marketing what? Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
2: Well yeah, so, um, You've plugged it more than the actual market in itself. I know, right? <laughs> but
0: yeah, so there we go. That was... Um, that was, that was some that
1: wonderful that. and totally new and unheard information right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the plugging
3: was very natural as well.
2: Oh, yeah. It always <laughs> is with Scott. He's a gaping. Beats. <laughs> <Rude>. And <laughs>
1: <I'm> not fast. <laughs> David Satterford. Speaking of gaping, uh, you could... can find me on velvetsnatch.com and on my Instagram. And I've got Twitter, but do I use it? Fuck no. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that. Uh, David, have you got anything to promote? No. I won the Greg's marketing
0: Challenge.
4: No. No. I don't have any meaningless kind of university-orientated tasks that I feel I need to justify. I was an Orange Blue Peter badge winner, top 54 out of 12,000, but that was 17 years ago and I've moved on and don't feel the need to mention it, unlike some people with marketing challenges. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: Actually. Oh, 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 Right. No, but thank you everyone who's tuned in and I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much, raf for being on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and thank you Scott and David for coming back and we will see you next time. Thank you everyone that's tuned in. Goodbye.
2: Bye. Goodbye. Bye. night. Oh 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 girl.